with Marcel Combs, where she invites you to travel a journey of leadership with each guest. Come along as she analyzes the ingredients that led women to their current roles. You will walk away with tools to support your own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. My name is Michelle Mangoni, and today I'm here to introduce you to the host of this show we fondly call 50% with Marcel Combs. Marcel Combs has spent her adult life working and leading a large healthcare organization, which she owned and operated until August of 2018. Through dedication to growing a successful company, Marcel discovered her real passion is working with humans to encourage and inspire each one to reach their potential. As a wife, mother of five adult children, and female in the workplace, she aspires to grow and lead others until her last breath on this earth. She continues this quest through three new business ventures she has founded, Mac Legacy, Mac Legacy Investments, and the Marcel Combs Company. Welcome, Marcel. How are you doing this morning? I'm just great, Michelle. I am in my happy place on the coast of Texas, down in Galveston, um, and I can see the ocean just rolling in today. And so it just helps me breathe better as a human. Well, we're just going to jump right in, if that's okay with you, and get to know a little bit about you and about your podcast. Well, it's interesting. Uh, sometimes uh, I just sort of chase rabbits until I find one that I, I really want to have be part of my life. And so I, I know podcasts have been around for a while. And there's a lot of really interesting things out there. And one of my main life goals is to impact, in particular, uh, other women who are trying to do entrepreneurial type things or trying to grow as a person uh, and develop other types of things. And so it just felt a little bit like I could do that through this medium. That's awesome. Marcel, there's so many podcasts out there covering such a large variety of subjects. Tell us about the name of your podcast and what makes yours stand out? Well, when it comes to names, you know, if you're the mother of five children, uh, perhaps if you only have one or two kids, it's easy to name them. Uh, but when you get more than that, then it becomes a little more of a challenge. And so as I looked at the podcast, I really knew what I wanted to do. It was just a struggle to say what would mean something if you were searching online for someone and you didn't particularly know the individual, but, and I do that myself where you just look for different tiles and see if that's interesting. So ours is 50% with Marcel Combs. And I have worked as a woman or a female in the workplace now for over 30 years. Um, I, I know that there are struggles with women and how they 
approach life and how they approach business. And so my focus was kind of say, let's let's take a look at about half of the population and say, what what do they have to say on these particular issues? And that's our focus, not to say that men would not be interested or or we would have people or men that we interviewed from time to time, but uh, that that more our focus and more my leadership focus has been on developing women. And so this just seemed like the right, the right name to describe that. That's awesome. I love it. I'm so excited to see all this come together for you. Um, you have a lot of connections in the home health and hospice industry, but we know that you enjoy getting to know people from all walks of life. So what types of guests will you have? Do you know, my goal is to have all kinds of people who have had different journeys. And I, I look at that long ago Um the, the females in my life have not uh, lived a long, long life due to many different circumstances. And I, I think I now outlived my uh, sister and my grandmother and my mother. And because of that, um, I think it made me, they all died fairly young. It made me look at life as, you know, we don't know how long our journey is going to be. And so therefore we need to enjoy that journey along the way. That phrase sometimes can be overused, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. So I've always been really interested. I, I'm a nurse by background. I, I wouldn't be the one that you would pick if you had a serious uh, acute <laughs> issue going on, but because I've done clinical and very long, long time, my, my focus has been business. But even from an early time, I loved hearing stories from people um, because their journeys in life. I mean, I I remember a particular patient of mine in the home health industry where I spent so much of my career. Uh, They had actually, she and her husband had owned um, a diamond mine in Africa before, uh, (laughs) before (laughs) the world had changed. And I just remember being just uh, so interested in what it was like and and how they had to flee that country when a war broke out. So, you know, I've always loved uh, just the curious journeys that people have been on. And I've always been so interested to just listen to just an ordinary person, because even in ordinary lives, they're extraordinary uh, journeys. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see the kind of people you have on here to hear these stories because you, as so many of us know, have such a great knack for getting this information out of people too. So this is going to be amazing. Um, As we talk about this, who do you think your target audience is going to be and why do you think they need to listen? I think it'll be people who are interested in people's journeys, people who think just any human being has an interesting life and what they've lived and and what they've uh, gone through over that time period. I think also it'll probably be particular resounding with women who are entrepreneurs or who uh, want to uh, achieve certain things in their career. 
I think those women will be particularly enlightened and interested, but I also think it will give hope to people wherever they are. Uh, Maybe they're like me and they're in that last third of their life, just doing something new and doing something different and something interesting. Or it may be people who are at the very beginning of their career to realize that just an ordinary person can achieve pretty much what they want to achieve based on their focus and their goals. There's so many people I feel I could really learn from this podcast and learn from you. And one thing I wanted to ask you too, is you mentioned you've had so many years in the business role. What do you wish you had known when you were first starting out in a leadership role? Oh, my. Uh, If you're talking just business, I have my bachelor's degree in nursing. So when I was young, you could not have forced me to take a business class. So all I know about business, I either read in a book or I was mentored by different people along the way. I was always fairly good in math just growing up because in my particular uh, high school, the cute boys were in the math classes. I know that's not always the case. So why did I take them? Because there were cute boys there. That would tell you that I could have possibly been a little shallow uh, in my (laughs) early years. So don't think I was this driven, crazy person early on. But really, it would have helped me to have more business classes. I'm a big reader. And so I was able to read lots of books and fortunately was interested in those type of things, mainly more for how it impacted people than just the mechanics of business in general. But you have to know those things. That is a big thing I think that I wish that I had studied more, knew more, understood more. I think also there's some things in just handling, you know, some of the trials. I am a woman of faith, so that helped me a whole, whole lot mm-hmm. along my journey and along my way. And the the thought that just, you know, material things weren't the end all to all end alls that there could be a bigger focus in life. But I I think the main thing for me personally was if, if there was one thing I wished I had known a little more about going in might've been business in general. Forgive me because I'm about to mention your age, (laughs) but (laughs) you, I know, I'm sorry, but I do feel like it's an important aspect to this conversation that we're having. So you sold your largely successful home care and hospice business at the age of 64. You were facing that Medicare age. You were ready to take on a new chapter in your life. And here you are at the age of 66, starting a podcast with the opportunity not only to share information with others, but also to learn. So what are you most curious about in this phase of your life? The funny thing with me is that yesterday we took a little boat tour. It was a very expensive boat for $10 to uh, tour the Bay of Galveston. We were really looking for dolphins, if you want to know the truth. And they basically tell you about the oil rigs that are out in the ocean. And, And I know there's a lot of controversy on that subject. But my point always is that there are so many things in life that I will really never know 
anything about. I just find that learning about the way people do certain things in business or in their lives is just so fascinating. I mean, to me, that is a fascinating thing, basically how things work and and how, um, you know, why, why would a person choose to go out and work on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean where it's, it's got to be one of the most dangerous jobs out there. Uh, and, and how did they first discover how you would even drill in the ocean? I mean, who would sit around and brainstorm that kind of thing? Again, I've spent my life in healthcare. Um, and, and really with our current as of today's situation with COVID-19, uh, viruses have been a mystery for us, um, and, and we just take it for granted that there'll be certain viruses that people will just get and they'll recover from and in our lifetime. But so we don't really know a lot about. Uh, we know a little bit about how to prevent them with vaccines, but you know how how do we cure this thing? How do we prevent all viruses? How do why do they act yeah. the way they do? To me, those are fascinating things, and and I certainly probably will never have the brain power or time to learn them. So mm. so for me, I hope the last day I learn something is the last day on this earth. Um, I truly hope that. And that's whether it's about just an individual person and what they've done, or whether it's about some major thing uh, that no one truly understands. And I would add cancer to that list too. We understand a lot of things, but we don't, there's, there's so many things that we don't understand. Um, in in life and and how that impacts people so true so true i do have to follow up with you though you said you went to look for dolphins did you see <laughs> dolphins well it seems that the time of one should look for dolphins is first thing in the morning they say there's about <laughs> 600 dolphins in that area that we were in and and we we wow. saw four so let's just wow. <laughs> let's just say they were hiding from us. Um, so, but dolphins are mammals, and they're interesting creatures in how they they do things. But the truth is, we we just had a good time doing that um, outside, and it, the weather wasn't extremely hot. So, so that was nice too. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. So we're down to the end here. And I want to ask just a few fun questions to help your audience get to know you just a little bit more, if that's okay, okay with you. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I have never sat on the other side of that. Uh, so I'm not <laughs> sure there's probably a whole ton of things they misunderstand about me. I tend to be a pretty um, blunt person or and so I I don't generally or, or if I do hold back uh, the thoughts in my head um, then it is a learned behavior so um, I I think probably these days people don't understand truly the struggles I've gone to to get where you know where I am and I've had some measure of it you know success financially and just professionally. Uh, I think that um, they don't understand that I'm just a regular person that does the laundry and cooks and 
cleans up the kitchen and, um, you know, do that. If they look at me today, which is so funny for me because I, I was raised on uh, my grandfather's farm. My parents didn't farm. Um, and so I come from very, a very simple background, certainly not with any kind of wealth associated with it. Um, and so I, I'm just someone who struggles with the same struggles every single day that that they do. And I'm certainly um, not the smartest person that they're ever going to meet. I always say I make up for the brains I lack in creativity because uh, oh I do tend goodness. to be not, not creative when it comes to painting or artistic kind of things, but very creative in 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 my approach to most things, I, I always feel like um, you can come up with some kind of solution to almost every problem that you have. And to be on the recipient end of your cooking is a wonder <laughs> too. So I think I, I'm a good, I'm a People. good Southern cook. So uh, you if, are. You, if you want some down home Texas cooking, I'm, I'm your gal. So and, it's the best. And I'll it's cook the for best. You almost any day of the week if you'll just clean clean the kitchen. I really don't enjoy the cleaning part. I do love the cooking part um, and I love the eating <laughs> part of that. So <laughs> um, name and I'll never do that again moment. Oh, my. I know. It's a loaded oh, question. You know, I would love to answer this. I'll, I'll never do that again. I am. Um, I am a very much a risk taker when it comes to business. I am very little of a risk taker when it comes to my physical body. I'm a scaredy cat, if you will, but I'll do almost anything once. So um, let me tell you just the thing that came right off the top of my head. I did parasailing once. Um, Oh my goodness. Uh, and I did zip lining <laughs> once. I, I really never want to do either one of those things again. Um, because I I did um I did parasailing in the Galveston Bay, so that's that's not very romantic. Um, but I also did I did zip the zip line thing in uh Costa Rica. And I <laughs> I'll, because I was so scared, you know, of course, a little Costa Rican oh man did it with me. Well, that was really a, the dumber decision because, of cor course, he's done it a million <laughs> different times. And probably the safety measures of where I went to Zipline uh, were not at the 100%. Uh, so you had to kind of climb across oh. ledges without safety hooks. And, and of course I had this little Costa Rican guy that was probably 20 years younger than me who thought it could not speak any of my language, nor could I his. And, and he thought oh, no. I was hilarious because he was terrifying me to death. So just off <laughs> the top of my head, I know you wanted some deep business, um, answer to that but those you know when it comes to business um i i have I'll, I'll try it's probably the same thing i'll try almost anything uh with the thought that it could work out uh, but it, it's probably more more the physical terror if i could think of all the other things that i'm not gonna do again i climbed up 
this hill one time in the Port Down Rain because they told me there was this little statue at the top and uh, it was really slick and crazy and I'm not your most fit person. I'm probably not your least fit person either, but um, I, I did that. I don't know. All the, all the things that terrify me. I can tell you that I, I can think of some stories as you were mentioning this adventure in Costa Rica, of some stories I've heard your friends say of things I wish that you'd never <laughs> done again, but I can't. <laughs> we won't bring those uh, I think up. That might be Mexico, Michelle, uh, and perhaps mm. uh, yes, perhaps there are things that are better mm-hmm. not recorded. That uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I probably should have not have done the first time. So you've mentioned you've traveled to Costa Rica. I know you travel lots of other fabulous places. Our last question for you today: If you could live anywhere. All, all these places you've been and all the world you, that, you've, that you've had the, the luxury of, of visiting and you've blessed with, been blessed with the opportunities to, to share these experiences with others, where would you live if you could live anywhere in the world? Well, let's, let's make this perfectly clear <laughs> that I'm a Texas girl <laughs> and I was born in Texas and I plan to die in Texas. However, I might die in another country. Um, if you're talking different countries, um, I love Italy and I love the people of Italy. Um, so if I could live for a short period of time in some place in the countryside in Italy or even France, um, I would do that rather than a big city. I used to say, can you uh, say that New York City for a Texas girl might be a different country? I would love to go and live in New York just for a month. Uh, and see all the Broadway shows and walk the streets. It's it's really a, a, yes. a very impacted place right now. Um, I, the, the truth is the number one place I would love to live for a month a year is Hawaii. Any of the Hawaiian islands, I, I particularly love the North Shore of Oahu. I, I love Kauai. And I, if I could stay a month mm. in Kauai, I would do that. Um, the places I haven't been, I'd love to, to see. And I haven't been to Australia or New Zealand. I haven't been to the Fiji Islands. Um, there, there are places I will not name that I, I don't really care to go back. Um, but it's, it <laughs> probably has to do with the fact that I never stayed with people there. And I love people And I think that's a key ingredient in success is that if you love people, I find most people are pretty accepting of you and they, they will reciprocate in some kind, most people. Um, So, so it's, it's really a hard question. There's, there's lots of more places I would love to visit. Um, But I am, I, I do love my state that I currently live in. And, and of course, all my grandchildren live in this state. So therefore, it also has another big tug on my heart. We hope you enjoyed that little interview with Marcel Combs, the host of 50% with Marcel Combs. We have one more introduction for you that we think we interested in hearing. Because during each episode, Marcel and her longtime friend and co-host, Deantha Gratton, will take time to discuss the different women that Marcel will interview. You'll get to hear their takeaways, their impressions, and the key points that stood out to them. So just a little bit of background and history on Deantha. Deantha Gratton 
has her master's in leadership and is also an RN with her BS. Deantha started her home care career over 30 years ago. She served as a home care nurse, director of clinical operations, agency director, regional director of operations, and as vice president of a large multi-state home care and hospice organization. Deantha is an exceptional communicator and has polished expertise in a wide array of business relationships, from home care staff to industry experts, with an uncompromised ability to energize and positively influence team members and customers. She's a solid business leader with an outstanding record of growing market share. We hope you enjoy the following conversation between Marcel and Deantha. Hi, Deantha. It's uh, so great to have you with us today. And I know you're going to be my, if you will, partner in crime as we absolutely go through these podcasts <laughs> and you'll get the opportunity to hear lots of women talk and, you know, just learn from them and yes. listen to them. And Well, Marcia, I'm looking so forward to it. I mean, I've always thought of our time together and we've known each other well, actually, a lifetime now. I, um, you know, if you think about it, we were uh, early 30s or about 30 when I think I first met mm-hmm. you. And um, we've done a lot of life together. And it's always an adventure to be a part of anything that um, you produce or you start. And so I'm excited. So I, I know. I think it'll be it, it's great fun. Um, and I hope our audience will really think it's fun, too. Just just to start out, Deantha, um, tell us a little bit about just your journey in leadership. Just wow. start back from How much when time you... do we have? <laughs> well, not that much, okay, but we'll good. edit okay. it, Dean. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. Thank so just start from why you decided. I know you come from a clinical background, so just start there and, yeah. and move forward. Wow. Well, you know, I think when we're in our early 20s, uh, I don't know that we really know who we are yet. And this life's a journey for sure, but not really knowing, um, I applied to nursing school and it just seemed interesting and I thought that might be what I want to do. And so thus began that career and I always enjoyed the bedside nursing and um, working with patients and families. I started out uh, actually early in my career doing uh, labor and delivery and teaching classes, as you know. It's kind of how we met. That's a story story in itself. Maybe sometime we can talk about that. But uh, always loved that part of nursing because it was usually a happy place, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Families coming together and having babies and But eventually, my work took me as uh, we stayed in touch, I think, over the years, and you did some home care, and I had not a clue about what that was, but um, somehow that led me uh, to what we've done a lot of years together is home care, and uh, it's very dear to my heart because that's where we live every day with our families, and so at the end of my career, more, I've spent time in hospice work, so I say... You know, I've helped them come in the world. I'm going to help them go home. And so, (laughs) you know, and along the way, there's just been a lot of leadership lessons to learn, uh, not only personally with your life and 
relationships and friendships, but just working with people. And do you have, you have two daughters I do. and I have two daughters. a husband of many years yes, too? Yes, a Yankee boy. He loves the uh, Red Sox. It, yeah. Oh yeah, you had to put that in. Um, I'm sure we have some Red Sox fans out there. You went back to school. Were they both in school when you went back and got your bachelor's yes, in uh, yes, healthcare gosh. administration or it was business? It was a business healthcare administration. You know, I had uh, gone first to a two-year nursing program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wasn't sure what I wanted to do at that time, so that seemed to be the quickest route. And always had the intention to go back, maybe, and get that bachelor's degree. And I think, you know, life happens, Mm -hmm. and you just don't do it. And uh, later on, I could kind of see where, you know, probably both our careers were going. And as I had a privilege to work in your organization for a lot of years, I thought, I need to get these credentials because sometimes you're in an environment or a culture that that does take precedence. It's not always everything you learn in life experience, but they want that credential and it is important. Uh, So for that very reason, I thought I'm going back to school. I took it upon myself to take advantage of. We had a time where you could do education reimbursement and so took one semester at a time, and yes, the kids were in school, and so at night, that's what I did. I would uh, spend time studying and working on that. Kind of did it on my own, and every semester I'd take that money, pay for my next semester, and I think it took me uh, close to about another two and a half years just Mm -hmm. doing one class at a time, so, uh, but yeah kind of forgotten that little accomplishment so <laughs> and then I think uh we were both in our 50s when yeah. I had this big idea <laughs> that we all needed to get our master's degree yeah, what were you thinking I don't know <laughs> uh and there were six or seven of us mm-hmm. from uh, our organization that were all in some yes. kind of leadership position yes that looked at, well, we first looked at executive MBAs and then ended up with uh, a degree or a master's degree in leadership just just because of where we are, all were in our Mm -hmm. career and and were in executive positions and went to school. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, online. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was 24-7. I think every weekend. (laughs) Every weekend. uh, Every weekend we were either on some class with a dialogue in the classroom or we were writing papers, uh, researching and writing papers. Uh, I think I would dream writing papers, but I learned so much, Marcel, and what a journey and just uh, a great time to go with friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, to learn so much, to let it impact what you were doing day to day because we could take that life experience and leadership and things we'd learned from each other uh, and working with you uh, to the classroom and the group that we had. So I treasure that time. Well, I think I learned a lot from you because I had not been back to school in 30 years. <laughs> I mean, I graduated from college when I, I mean, right out of high school, straight through four years, and had not been back. And so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, you had a little bit up on me because you'd been back to school since then. (laughs) Uh, It was uh, quite interesting when all of a sudden all your professors are younger than you. Oh, yes. But I I learned a lot from them, and I tried not to 
tell any of them that I've been doing business for too long. No, I think they should have listened to you a few times. I don't, times I don't think sure. they were interested in what I had to <laughs> say, except whether I turned my paper in on time mm-hmm. or not. So I did learn some lessons in humility then too, So <laughs> which we all need to continue to Amen. do too. So um, I know you were saying that you... Uh, had spent your last bit in hospice and I know hospice has been a real heart thing Mm -hmm. and we um, will probably always throw in some of that because I I know that people struggle with their families um, as they say goodbye so um, is anything you want to say about just your career and leading people you grew an organization in hospice so you not only it it was a business, but yes. it's also um, at least most of the people I know in hospice. It's also a real life mission for it them. It is, Marcel. I think I think it really has to, uh, as we say, you know, hospice chooses you, and uh, it it became my ministry um, uh, to kind of finish, uh, you know, and end a, a large chapter of being in a. A leadership position in corporate kind of world um, to hopefully make an impact to provide good hospice care and that people that are in that industry are there for the right reasons uh, you know business is a business I think uh, someone I know sitting right here might have told me you know no money no mission uh, <laughs> that that's really true and so you know I had to learn a lot of those pieces as well and so I, I would say, Marcel, that, um, you know, whatever God's plan for you and whatever He designs for you, and it gives you peace and joy, uh, then that's what people should do. And, and it involves leadership. I would say that's what you should bring, who you truly are, know yourself, good character, integrity, and to truly love what you do, and it should be your own ministry, whatever you choose in leadership. I think this will be a great adventure. It's going to be so um, fun. And we'll, uh, I think that's both of our goals yeah. is to just have an impact and help people yes, support absolutely. them wherever we can.